0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. I'm going to tell you
1: one of Brother Hagin's stories. In uh, December, second week of December, 1952, he was holding a a meeting in uh, Oklahoma. He wasn't living there at the time, but he was holding a meeting in a church in Oklahoma. And after the night service... Uh, he and the, par- the pastor were in the parsonage next door to the church. And they were having a little bite to eat before uh, before bed. Brother Hagin said it was about 11 o'clock at night. And uh, and he and the, the pastor, the spirit of prayer came upon them. And so they just started to pray. They, they left their sandwiches sitting on the table. And they bent, knelt down to, to pray. And, and, um, uh, and so they were, they were praying. And, and Brother Hagin said that the Lord appeared to him. Now the, the vision that he had of the Lord was about an hour and a half long, he said. And uh, and it started off, and the Lord said, I'm going to teach you about the devil, demons, and demon possession. And he told him about some things that would start to work in his life from that point forward when he was in the spirit and so forth. But toward the tail end of this, he, he gave him some information, gave him some instructions. Much of the information is, uh, is in some of his books. It's, it's not like it's private information or anything. It's just not relevant to the things we want to talk about this morning. But toward the end of the, uh, the, the vision, toward the end of the conversation that the Lord was having with him, Brother Hagen said he was kneeling down on the floor, and he said it was like uh, he, when uh, the ceiling disappeared, and he saw Jesus standing right about where the ceiling was. So he's about, you know, if it's an eight-foot ceiling, he's several feet of, above his head then, you know. And so Brother Hagin is looking at, at the Lord, and during the time that he's looking at the Lord, the Lord is speaking to him about some things. Brother Hagen said, all of a sudden an evil spirit came and got in between him and Jesus. And he said, this thing looked like a little monkey type little thing, little imp looking thing. And he said, he started waving his arms and jumping up and down, waving his arms and his leg, screaming, yakety, yak, 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 yak. And he said, when he started screaming, he said, there was this dark cloud that, that began to, to form. The more he screamed, the more he jumped around, the more this cloud formed. Brother Hagin said he could not—he lo- could no longer see Jesus. He said, I could hear him talking. He said, but because of the noise that the evil spirit was making, I couldn't distinguish the words that he was saying. And Brother Hagin explained this, and he said, I almost panicked. He said, there was a thousand thoughts that seemed to go through my head at once. The, the main one being, why is the Lord letting this happen? doesn't jesus know that i can't see him doesn't he know i can't distinguish the words that he's saying this is important i need to hear what he's saying why doesn't jesus do something about this now folks let me ask you a question how similar to that is most of what the church complains about the things going on in their life why did god let this happen how, doesn't god know i'm in the situation i'm in why doesn't god do something about this brother hagan said that this only lasted for for a matter of seconds but he said it seemed to him like it was forever and he said out of desperation he said in panic I just spoke up and said, I command you to stop in the name of Jesus. He said, I no sooner got that out of my mouth than this little thing hit the floor with a thud. He said, the smoke disappeared. The noise stopped. And this little thing answered back something like, well, I I don't want to, but I know if you tell me to, I have to, or something like that. And Brother Hagin said to him, and not only that, but get out of here in the name of Jesus. And he said that thing shook and trembled when it was on the floor, and then when he told it to leave, it took off like a shot. And then the Lord spoke to him. See, the Lord knows what you're thinking. The Lord knows what you're feeling about things. Jesus knew exactly what Brother Hagin was experiencing while this stuff was going on. And so Jesus said to him this. He said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't. And Brother Hagin started arguing with the Lord a little bit. He said, Lord, I must not have heard you right. Now, remember, this was 1952. People didn't know a lot of the things that we take for granted in knowing about the word now. This is how they found out some of those things. So he said, Lord, I know I didn't hear you right. You didn't say that if I hadn't done something about that, you wouldn't have or you couldn't have. You said you wouldn't have, didn't you? Jesus said, no. I didn't say that I wouldn't, I said that I couldn't. And Brother Hagin said, "Uh, Lord, I'm sorry, I I, I just don't, I'm just not getting it some way or another, my ears aren't working right. You didn't say that you couldn't, you said that you wouldn't, didn't you? And Jesus got testy about it on the third time, and he said, no, I didn't say that I wouldn't, I said that I couldn't. And Brother Hagin said, well, that beats anything I've ever heard of. That, that, just, that, that just turns up on end, everything that I've ever heard and taught. And Jesus said this. He said, there is nowhere in the New Testament that the Bible ever tells anyone to pray that I or the Father would ever do anything about the devil. And he went further to say, and now this is Jesus talking. Now, you judge for yourself whether or not you think Brother Hagin had the vision. I can assure you I'll prove to you that it's absolutely scriptural. Not everybody wants to accept people have visions and so forth. And I'm not trying to live by anybody's vision. But if this really happened, and I believe it did, I knew Brother Hagen and knew his character. I don't believe he'd lie about it. It's totally and completely scriptural. So the context or the teaching involved in it is worth hearing because it's in line with the Bible. But if this really happened, if Jesus really said these things to him, please understand this is Jesus teaching us, the church, not just for Brother Hagen's personal use, but for him to tell other people and teach others as well. Him teaching us about what should and shouldn't be done relative to our prayers and how we deal with the devil. Then the Lord said this. The Lord said, I told my people, that they have authority over the devil and they're supposed to do something about him. And to pray to me or pray to the Father or otherwise is totally uh, ineffective. And Brother Hagin stopped and he said, now wait a minute, Lord, Lord, I, I, I'm so glad that you appeared to me. I appreciate you telling me these things. But I can't accept a vision just because it's a vision. See, every supernatural things not from God. The devil does a lot of supernatural things and some Christians are caught aware as they don't know enough about the Bible to know how to judge the fruit of it. So he said, Lord, I can't accept that, and I, 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 even though you are appearing to me, even though I do see you, I can't accept that unless you can prove it to me from the, from the New Testament, from the Bible. And he said, and I'm talking about the New Testament. I don't live by the Old Testament. I want something in the New Testament. And he said, you said in your word, then the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a word be established. So I expect three witnesses in the New Testament to prove this to me. And Jesus smiled. Brother Hagin said, Jesus smiled and said, I'll go you one better. I'll give you four. And Brother Hagin said Well if there's anything like that in the New Testament I don't know it Because I've read the New Testament hundreds of times He said Jesus smiled again Said well son there's a lot in there you don't know That's true for all of us isn't it So I'm going to give you the four references That Brother Hagen said Jesus gave him About dealing with the devil You ready Matthew chapter 28 First one Jesus said was Matthew chapter 28. Now, this one is not in the epistles, it's in the gospels, but you'll see how it, how it applies. This is after Jesus is raised from the dead. Verse 18, it said, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, this word power, first word power is the word authority. All authority, literally, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Notice verse 19. Go ye therefore. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the ends of the earth. Then Brother Hagen said, the Lord told him this. He said, the Lord said, now Mark's gospel concludes the things that I told him, told them. I told them, beginning in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. What's the first sign? They shall cast out devils. They shall cast out devils. They shall cast out devils. You can't cast out devils if you don't have authority over them, folks. He said, I immediately, Jesus said to Brother Hagin, I immediately conferred that authority on the earth to my disciples, and I told them that one of the first signs, the first sign, that would accompany those that believe in my name. is authority over the devil. It goes on to say. They will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they do any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover them. They shall recover. The sick shall recover. Brother Hagin said that the Lord told him this. He said I told them to cast out devils. I didn't tell them to pray that I would. You ever looked at the times where. Um. Uh, Where the Bible talks about the disciples, the apostles healed the sick. Now we always try to put it over on God. We say, well, God used them. God used them, but God really healed the sick. But the fact is, the Bible says they healed the sick. We shy away from that. We are are so uh, religiously brainwashed in some areas that we shy away from that. And in so doing, we're denying the very authority that Jesus has given us. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that anybody has in and of themselves the power to heal. Nobody has that power. God has that power. But Jesus delivered that authority to you. He delivered the authority to set people free to you. So for you to try to give it back to him and say, well, Lord, I'm just being humble. So I'm looking for you to do it. Well, then nothing gets done. Therefore, we would have to conclude that God's plan Jesus' plan for the use of authority was thwarted, detoured, made ineffective. All because people are trying to be humble. Next thing he said, next sign he said, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. That's talking about divine protection. Now, we wouldn't pray that God would make sure that Jesus didn't let us drink any deadly thing. No, it says the protection is yours. Finally the last one is and they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover We don't pray that god would have jesus lay hands on people do we No, that's up to us to do That's up to us to do the next reference that the lord gave him the, the second of the four References that the lord gave him was james chapter four James chapter four verse seven Submit yourselves, therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Notice it does not say one thing about pray that God would resist the devil for you in any way whatsoever. No, it says submit yourself to God. Here's one way you can submit yourself to God and that is by resisting the devil. Notice he didn't say he'll, if you resist the devil, he'll flee from Jesus. It said resist the devil and he will flee from
0: you. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church at its new time every Sunday morning at 10, starting June 14th.
1: actually started when uh, my mother called up and said, you have to turn on the TV, you have to watch. And I said, okay. And she said, this, you've got to see this church. Most solid teaching she said she'd heard, most deep teaching she'd heard in a long time. And I'm, okay, fine, we'll, we'll turn on. Suddenly we're watching it every Sunday.
0: You can find Mike Webb of Foothill Family Church at its new time, every Sunday morning at 10, starting June 14th. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.
1: See, the devil knows whose authority has been given to. The devil knows Jesus is not holding with authority, holding back and maintaining authority over the devil here on the earth. He's given that to the church. Because of, remember Jesus' prayer before he went to the cross? John chapter 17, he prayed that we would be one with him as he is one with the Father. That means what Jesus has, you have. No division of labor. Well, there is a division of labor, but no division of nature. Who the head is, the body is too. We don't distinguish between one and the other, do we? We don't look at somebody and say, well, look at their head and say, there's John. Look at the body and say, that's Jim. <laughs> now, the head and the body are all one. That's the example that the Holy Ghost gives about Jesus in the church. Jesus being the head of the church. When Jesus looks at you, he sees... Uh, I'm sorry, when the devil looks at you, he sees Jesus. And the only way that he can stop you from... Being effective as effective as jesus is to try to talk you out of who you really are Which is the whole reason that paul prayed over and over and over again for every church that he prayed for that our eyes would be opened That we would find out who we really are. See we look in the mirror and we see us The bible says look in the mirror and see the word Well, what does that mean? That means when the bible says that we've been made one with christ that he's the head and we're the body When we look in the mirror, so to speak We're supposed to see ourselves as Jesus. The extension of Jesus. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Now here's the problem that some people have. They'll say. Well Pastor Mike. I told the devil to go and he didn't go. Folks. Can we accept the fact. That. And just establish this as the baseline. There's never any failure on God's end. I have no doubt whatsoever. I've done it myself as a matter of fact. I have no doubt that people worldwide have attempted to resist the devil. And the devil didn't go. But the problem isn't that the word is not true. The problem is we didn't really know how to resist. The problem is we didn't work things on our end. Jesus said in referring to James chapter 4 that the devil will respond and run from you. Third example, third uh, witness that the Lord gave, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 Be sober, be vigilant. Sober, I always love the word sober. Every time it's used in the New Testament, we, the only time that I know of in, uh, in uh, modern language that we, or our Western language that we use the word sober is in relation to sobriety, meaning uh, not being drunk or something like that. But the word sober comes from the root word meaning not moved by emotion. Not moved by emotion. Sober means to think clearly no matter how you feel. Sober means to have the right point of view, the right perspective, no matter what is going on around you or how it's affecting your emotions one way or the other. And, folks, I would submit to you that being sober-minded is the key to spiritual growth and strength. It's everything about faith. Faith is not moved. Real Bible faith is not moved by what it feels. It's moved by what it believes and knows to be true from the word. So what does that mean? That means you're going to have to think past your emotions so that you hold steady to that which is true instead of that how the, the things that you feel and the circumstances around you. That's what he's saying. Be sober, be vigilant. Vigilant means on guard. So think soberly. Think not moved by your emotions. Don't let your emotions rule you. Emotions are great things. I rejoice in those with those of you that have them. But they're lousy guides. Be sober, be vigilant, because here's why you need to be sober and vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. Please notice it does not say that he is a roaring lion. It says as a roaring lion. Well, what does he mean? God saying Jesus, uh, G, uh, the Holy Spirit is saying through Peter that the devil is like a lion. Well, how is he like a lion? He makes a lot of noise. He doesn't say as a devouring lion. He doesn't say as a sharp tooth lion. He says, "As a roaring lion, a roar is noise." That's what the devil does, and that's one of the ways he tries to affect your emotions. Which is why you have to think soberly to avoid the noise that the devil tries to create. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Not notice it does not say the devil walks around picking people off and chewing them up. It says that he's on the lookout for who he may devour. It doesn't say who he can devour, who he may devour. Big difference in can and may. Can has to do with ability. May has to do with permission. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for who will give him permission. That's why he has to look. So what are we to do about this? Since it's, I mean, if the devil was the one that made the decision about what happens in your life, he's not seeking permission on anything. He's just going to do whatever he's going to do. Tough luck for you. But what does the Bible say for us to do about this adversary that's looking for permission to destroy and devour people? Notice the next verse, verse 9. Whom, meaning here's what you do about the devil, resist steadfast in the faith. Now, if the devil had the power to eat you up whenever he wanted to, what good is resisting him in the faith going to do? None whatsoever. The truth is, you're the one that decides, not him. And that's exactly what the experience Brother Hagin had with the Lord when the Lord said, if you hadn't done something about that evil spirit, I couldn't have. He was thinking, why did the Lord allow this? Doesn't Jesus know the situation I'm in? Doesn't he know I need to hear what he's saying? Why is he letting this happen? So many times christians have gotten to the place where they don't accuse god of doing it But just kind of lay it off on him like well, he let it happen When in reality The reason so many things happen in our lives is because we let it happen Because we're the one that's been given authority over it not jesus Are you still out there? Whom resists steadfast in the faith? Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In other words, he's saying because we all deal with the same trouble, the same issues, the same difficulties in life. So resist them in the faith. Steadfast, uh, Amplified says steadfast in your faith. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. I like that. Now, why do we have to be steadfast in the faith? Because a lot of times when you uh, exercise authority over the devil, it looks like he doesn't go. See, faith deals with things that aren't seen, not things that are seen. Jesus did not say, behold, I give you authority over the devil, and you can run him around any way you want to in life. He didn't say that. He didn't say, behold, I give you authority over the devil, and you can... Be the puppet master with the devil on the string. Just flop him around anyhow you want to. He didn't say that. But that seems to be what some people think that authority must be. And if it's not like that, it's not working. But notice the the exercise of faith in connection with the exercise of authority. That means there are some things you're going to have to stand your ground on where it looks like the devil doesn't go, but he has to. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil. As a roaring lion, doesn't say he is one, says he sounds like one. As a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom? Here's what you do about it, because that's the devil's operation. Whom resist steadfast in your faith? Finally, the last example, the fourth witness is over in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, Jesus was a witness, the first witness. James was the second witness. Peter was the third witness. Now, Paul's the fourth witness. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Now, folks, if the devil can take place whenever he wants to, no matter what you do, why would the Bible tell you not to give him any place? How could the Bible tell you not to give him any place unless you had the authority to decide whether he has any place in you or not? Neither. Here's the instruction by the Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul. Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Turn with me to. um, Well, just turn with me over a page or two to Colossians chapter one. We see now what this means the verse of Scripture we've been looking at for the last couple of weeks over in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man, since by one man's offense, death reigned by one, spiritual death reigned by one, much more they which received the abundance of grace, the finished work of Jesus, which would include authority, by the way, and the gift of righteousness shall shall reign as kings in this life. Shall reign as kings in this life. Shall reign as kings in this life. Notice Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. This is speaking of Jesus or God through the work of Jesus who has delivered us from the power of darkness. From the power of darkness. Let me read this to you from another translation. Uh, Let me get it here real quick. From the Amplified it says this. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness. Out of the control and the dominion of darkness. And has transferred us into the kingdom of his of the son of his love. The Jewish Bible says he has rescued us from the domain of darkness. This word, by the way, this word uh, uh, power of, uh, of darkness in verse 13. This word power is the word authority. Who has delivered us from the authority of darkness. And translated. To translate means to take somebody out of one place and put them into another place. Philip was translated. From one place to the next place. He was translated from talking to the Ethiopian eunuch. There and baptizing him in a pool of water. And he found himself in a nearby city next. He was translated from one place to the next. Taken out of one condition. Placed into another condition. The condition that God took you out of. Was under the bondage of uh, spiritual death. And he translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. Now what is the kingdom of his dear son? Well it includes authority over the devil. Look with me over to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Notice verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Another translation says. Well let me get this from some uh, other translations and show you. One translation says. For sin shall not any longer exert dominion over you. Since you now. Since now you are not under the law as slaves, but under grace as subjects of God's favor and mercy. The Jewish Bible again says, for sin will not have authority over you, because you are not under legalism, but under grace. So here where it says, for sin shall no longer have dominion over you, it literally means you're no longer under the authority of spiritual death. Now what does that mean? Well, that means everything that's a product of spiritual death. Everything that came on the earth as a result of Adam's sin. Poverty sickness depression anxiety any other thing that you can mention all those are a part of spiritual death you're no longer under the authority of any of those things that means if you resist the devil in the area of sickness he'll flee from you if you resist the devil in the area of poverty or lack he'll flee from you if you resist the devil in the area of anxiety he has to flee That means you can resist him in faith. He's looking to devour you through poverty, through sickness, through anxiety and depression and so forth. But if you resist him, if you're sober minded, if you realize the truth of the word rather than just look at how you feel, knowing that he tries to make his threats and make a lot of noise about what he can do and what he's going to do and how he's going to take your life and whatever else he's threatening you with. If you know that those are idle threats, as long as you stand steadfast in your faith, he can't devour you. And any of those things you look to God to do for you, you're wasting your time. Because God doesn't have the authority over those things. God doesn't have the authority for you to prosper. You do. God doesn't have the authority for you to walk in health. You do. Jesus paid the price. That was part of God's original plan. But whether or not you accept it, whether or not you take advantage of it, whether or not you uh, appropriate it in your life, that has to do with your authority, not his. That's how... Receiving the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness causes you to reign in life by one Jesus Christ. One of the greatest aspects of our redemption through the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ is the authority that was granted unto us over the enemy and over all of his works. But it's up to us to exercise that. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
1: What's he saying? He's saying the name of Jesus that I told you to heal the sick in is the key to, the, to authority over all the power of the enemy. A policeman stands in an intersection and holds up his hand and, and waves traffic one way and stops traffic the other way. Well, he doesn't have the power or the ability to stop even the smallest of the cars, but he has the authority. But we recognize the signs of his authority. The name of Jesus is the sign of our authority.
0: Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.